This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. guys i'm just glad to see your faces a week oh my gosh me too you know we were we like to chat before we start recording kind of catch up and it is strange because we've never taken a week off before and last week was our first week taking a break um which i think was needed i think we all needed that break and i think we all feel the same way about drawing people's attention to the things that matter right now. And there is a movement going on in this country and in this world that needed our attention. Mm -hmm. So I hope that everyone took that time from last week to take our suggestions and absorb what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Is happening. And uh, I think that, you know, right now we are, we've talked about this before and we talked about this a little bit before I started recording, but I really think now more than ever, it's important for us to know that this is, you know, this is a marathon. Like, you know, Keegan, I know you've talked about this before. It's a marathon. This is not a sprint and it's also a relay race and we need to rest and we need to repeat. And I'm glad that we were able to take last week to rest a little bit so that we can continue to repeat so that we can take that time. Right. It's okay to feel tired because I know that I have a lot of guilt over feeling tired, over feeling exhausted, Um, but that's okay. It's okay to take a break, take a breather, take care of your mental health, but then you need to dust yourself off, get back up, and keep the work, keep doing the work because things are going to start reopening, right? Sports are going to return to TV. Distractions will be plentiful and we will lose sight of the importance of this moment. And so I need everybody to keep their eye on the prize of the ultimate goals of this movement because it's going to take years to implement. Progress is not quick. (laughs) It never has been. All of the civil rights movements of the past have been sustained efforts over months and years. So I need everybody to keep showing up. Keep that same energy a year from now. Yeah, don't and and don't be longing to go back to the way things were. You know, we've been given this amazing opportunity um to affect real change. The way things were, were not fair for the vast majority of people. You know, it's, it, it's a system, you've said it, Keegan, it was a system that wasn't broken. It was working. It was working to oppress people. It was working to disenfranchise people. It was working uh, towards so much inequality. And we have the opportunity right now to say enough's enough. Like we want, something different i don't want to go back to the way things were again make america great again fuck you when was it great and for who right well at the end of the day i think people are finally coming around 
And I think that that's why we're seeing so many different types of people finally come together and and join as one in this movement, because I think people are finally coming around to the fact, the actual fact, if you do any amount of real research, not just the stuff that you're fed in history class, but like real research into this country, you will understand that this, this system was built to uphold white supremacy and it was built to keep poor people oppressed. So there are more of us than there are of them. Yep. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to return to the way that things were. It's exactly like you said, Christina. This is an opportunity, as hard as it's been, as emotionally, mentally draining and difficult uh, as this has been for everyone, I would say. It's an opportunity to create something beautiful. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to go back to normal. None yeah. of us want to go back to normal. And if you do want to go back to normal, I really encourage you to take a long, hard look at that and figure out where that comes from, that you long to return to something that was so deeply difficult for so many people mm -hmm. in this country and this world. It's a privilege to want to go back to normal. Mm. <laughs> and that that is what that yeah. is. So... Uh, and, you know, I was telling you guys as well about crisis fatigue, making sure that you are taking care of yourself so you don't burn out. I won't be able to say it as eloquently as Miles Gray did on The Daily Zeitgeist. So go find that episode. It has crisis fatigue in the title. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it, it's, it's important now, too, that we understand that comfort comfort from from silence is a real thing and I, and I think there's a lot of people who just want everybody to shut up so that they can feel comfortable and what we got to do is stay uncomfortable folks we got to stay uncomfortable make yeah. real change we haven't really we haven't touched politics or what have you on this this podcast you know we're all three extremely politically active and um, Keegan, I know you have your your other podcast, but we've kind of left this this space alone to be like a kind of politic free um, zone. But it's it's not it's not where the three of us are right now in that we can't be silent on any platform, you know, on social media, on this podcast, on the on, street, on the street, you know, and in uncomfortable right. conversations with our friends. So, Family. you know, yep. it's distraction is a privilege. Mm. Distraction is a privilege. Being able to bury your head in the sand, stick your fingers in your ears and say, I don't want to look at this. I don't want to hear about this. That stuff is a privilege that you get to participate in because people of color, oppressed groups in this country, they don't get to turn it off ever. And I know it's exhausting. Trust me. Mm -hmm. I know it's exhausting. It's been exhausting my whole life. So I'm sorry you're uncomfortable for a couple of weeks. Mm. That's just the work. And also, you know, we'll get off of this soon. But like, it's important for people to acknowledge that if we are coming to a place where we can agree about the truths of history and what this country was founded on, that that is going to require, especially for white America, that is going to require some very deep, introspective 
personal work. And that shit hurts. Okay, it's not fun. It's not just like posting on Instagram and being like virtue signaling and saying like, what a good person I am. Mm-hmm. Like the, the work is hard and it hurts and it's going to feel painful and it's going to feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. and you can't step back away from that just because you're feeling uncomfortable or scared. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, very clearly, the three of us support <laughs> Black Lives Matter, yeah. obviously. Yes. Uh, and for the month of June, we will be donating 50% of our Patreon proceeds as well as 50% of all the money we make in merch for this month to Black Lives Matter. So if that's something that you have been interested in donating to, maybe you haven't gotten around to it yet, but you've also been wanting merch, now's your perfect opportunity um, we also have face masks since things are starting to reopen. <laughs> yes. We do have face Dude, masks. Dude, the who raised you mask is the thing I need in my life right now because uh, that, chef's kiss. that is the message that I really want on my face for people to read and acknowledge. Oh my God. So much. Yeah. I'm. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I, I wish I could like display that through the internet <laughs> anytime somebody makes like an ignorant comment it's just a picture of me with the who raised you face mask on yep. yes yep. <laughs> we, maybe we should make a special edition mask just for the month of june to be available where a hundred percent of the proceeds go to it Ooh, sure i'm completely i'm completely down for that so that's something that we can definitely work on uh and also i wanted to give a shout out to courtney kosak who is yes a <laughs> She is an absolute icon. She co-hosts Private Parts Unknown with Sophia Alexandria. Courtney and Sophia were on our very first double date episode here on My Worst Date. So go back and find that. I think it was in January or February. Uh, Go back and listen to that episode because those women are very funny. But Courtney Kosak also, she about a week ago, had tweeted about how she had found a bunch of old nudes of hers. And she was like, here's what I'm going to do. I will send you a nude of myself. I will send you a picture of my tits if you give me a receipt for $50 or more to of a donation to Black Lives Matter. She has raised, as of yesterday she has raised thirty thousand dollars for black queen. lives matter a true her queen. new goal yeah. <laughs> a true queen use what you got dude use what you got you got you got great perky tits go I'm for all it. for it. titties <laughs> for justice i'm That's all right. for titties it. for justice 100 i think her tag was thirsting for justice i'm like yes bitch oh, i'm here for it i love Goddamn it queen. i love it so her new goal is her new goal is 50k so I think she'll I think she'll reach it. But if yep. that's something that you are interested in, you want to see some titties mm. and help a good cause. <laughs> Who doesn't go find Courtney Kosak? Exactly. <laughs> Dude, some people we're all giving what we can right now. Right. Some of us are doing art. Some of us are, you know, protesting and walking in these streets. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hitting them streets. But some of us are sharing them titties. And I'm here for all of it. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah. I have to say. Keegan, you said something earlier that triggered a memory for me, which was fingers in the ear. And I literally, I keep telling people, stop talking, like stop 
asking what else in 2020 and i you, okay so you guys know i hate aliens more than any, like the idea of alien life more than anything it's the most I frightening thing to did me. not well, you know, know that there. you didn't I know did that you know that are you I, kidding chris is like cassie i have bad news I for know! you Stop! there are definitely aliens i mean we agree <laughs> yes. right yeah <laughs> chris was reading like this thing the other day about like pulses from the i'm like la 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 fingers in my ears i am can't i can't fuck you 2020 but you know I'm what out. i don't know that any aliens want our garbage ass planet no. like seriously chris said well what if they have the cure for covid i'm like i don't know i, I don't know <laughs> If I was an alien and I was looking down on this, I'd be like, mm, maybe we'll reconsider. Yeah, you're like, nah. Surely there are better life forms. <laughs> Let's keep looking. I really have to pee, Dad. We'll keep looking. Yeah, exactly. They like, they like, yeah. Drive by our our thing. They're like rolling up the windows, locking the locking doors. Locking the doors. <laughs> like rough neighborhood. A hundred percent. They're like, what happened there? No, thank Jesus. You. Oh my God, oh. that reminds me when I was like in my twenties, my favorite thing to do because i was a punk ass kid so my favorite thing to do was like when old white ladies would come near me i'd grab my purse and clutch it real tight to myself oh no i gotta start doing that shit again oh my god that's hilarious uh it's that made me think of that video we were talking about with that that old white lady got slapped by that chick for saying ignorant oh my god (laughs) Oh my God! I I will right. say, look, I I do love that in in this internet age, we are able to have this massive social justice movement while at the same time the internet just keeps those memes. Oh, Whoa, and like the we were soundtrack, talking about the soundtrack for mm, it too. Mwah, Lose your job, beautiful. Bitch, you oh my God! Lose I have watched your job. <laughs> oh, I, I have watched that video literally like. A hundred times. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, we, (laughs) there was this woman who was being detained and she started singing and dancing and she was singing this song about you about to lose your your job. job. Get this dance. (laughs) I think that's her. I think that's her Twitter handle, too. I think it's at at get this dance. So fucking good. Amazing. And the internet is such a disgusting but also beautiful place mm-hmm. where it created this entire remix to this song. And it is the hit of the summer. It is. You're right. It's it like is. the smash hit of the summer. It slaps. It slaps. They, Dude, I can't Chris, get enough I'll be of walking it. in the hallway or like in the bedroom and Chris will just start playing it. I'm like, mm-hmm. just getting down. Yes. So good. Well, and it's what I think, like when you were talking about, so what Cassie was talking about was there's a video that's been going viral of this lady who's in a gro- er, in a gas station and she's talking to a Native American woman and she's basically being like, go back to Mexico. <laughs> this woman is Native American and this this the white lady goes to like touch her and grabs her arm. Her hand her arm. touches. Yeah, as soon as she touches this woman, this Native American woman slaps the shit out of her. And every time I see these videos, because there's been a lot of these videos of like people behaving badly, mm-hmm. and anytime I see them now, I sing that song to Anthony. <laughs> you were about like, to lose. You about to lose your job. <laughs> <laughs> You can't act a fool on the internet anymore. They will come for your neck, dude. They'll come yeah. they will for, come your, for job. your job. Yep. The, not, the t- number of times when it's like, 
so-and-so quit their jobs and these people i'm like the number of times the fucking christopher columbus with his head off the number of times i've used the bye meme (laughs) bye Bye. (laughs) don't care no this is the new america we're fed up yeah Uh, yep dude it's hilarious no more you can't do that shit anymore oh my god Uh, al gore's internet is wild wow truly fully uh, but on, you know, kind of like a different note, did you guys see the video somebody posted in our Facebook group? And it did come out that it was fake, which I had I'd wondered because oh. I was watching it and I was like, it's too, it's too perfect. I still watched it, it, it like seven times to see everybody's <laughs> different reaction to see like when so they it's noticed. It's worth it. It's worth it. If, now that I know it's fake, it's worth it just for the acting alone. Mm-hmm. Oh, like God. I'm like, oh, they they did a great job. Uh, but it's basically what if like they didn't know it Zoom was a call. joke. What if they didn't know it was a joke? It was just the dude. Maybe that's why the reactions were so good. I mean, that would be amazing. That's brilliant. I hope so. <laughs> he un- but I think someone said it was I'd a Pornhub. Screaming. Yeah, like an ad for Pornhub. I'm <laughs> screaming on my couch. Oh, my God. This is like. I mean, what would you do? The guy, the guy you underneath. Were in a Zoom call and somebody started jerking off. The Daniel, g- Daniel. The, g- the guy <laughs> underneath him and the bubble underneath knew the second he brought the lotion and the tissues back in. Oh, he's yeah. like, what? he didn't say anything. His face, he's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> he knew. So the video is basically like everybody on a Zoom chat and then the one guy is like, hey, I'm not on this account. Can I, like, exit the chat? And they're all like, sure, Daniel. See ya. See you tomorrow. Whatever. <laughs> so he's like, cool. So he goes to turn it off, but the camera doesn't shut off. <laughs> then he gets up. He goes to the other room. And he comes back with lotion and tissues, which is what made me think it might not be real. Because I'm like, do men, this is a question for dudes, do you actually Get that jerk off with lotion and tissues? I feel like that's... Is that real? I, or is know. that just something that we put in like teen rom-com? Is yeah. that kind of like peeing out of the clit for men? Yeah, I <laughs> I actually I actually don't know. Uh I think in all my interactions with guys masturbating or whatever, it's always been like dry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But Same. I mean, maybe they're getting fancy because it's just that. I don't know. Maybe and they also know that maybe they're like, I'm just going to do this drag because I don't want to have lotion in my dick when I stick it inside. <laughs> and that's being and that's being smart because I don't want your lotiony dick inside of me. <laughs> yeah, I really don't want. You're going to throw off yep. the whole pH balance. Yeah, right. there's a that's delicate <laughs> ecosystem up there. I don't need Jergens. <laughs> <laughs> This episode brought to you by Jurgen. But yeah, he comes back and he like starts getting ready, setting up when he unzips his pants. And I have to tell you, the woman in the middle with her literal cup of tea is the one that cracks me up the most. she's like... The woman who's in the yes. center. Yes. <laughs> because at first she looks... Sh- she'd be me, mm-hmm. truly. Because like at first she looks shocked. And then she But start- then she's like, oh, well, all right, let's do this. <laughs> I'm did. about to watch Daniel jerk off. She's like, here it goes, Daniel. This, keep on this going. This would be me. I literally would like realize it's happening and I'd fucking start taking receipts. I'd be like, Daniel ain't never living this shit down. Oh. The whole internet. I would love, oh my God. I would love to think that that would be me. But what would be me is me slamming my computer thing down. I would be like shutting my computer and be like, oh my God. 
I'm too much Ooh. of a nosy bitch. Like I know I would watch. Yep. Oh, there's yep. no fucking way. I would literally be I, my level of embarrassment for others is so high. Like, oh my god. You know, mine usually is too. I don't know why in this situation I'd be like, well, it's happening. I, I've <laughs> definitely like heard like if I hear like. I like I like go outside. I'm like someone fucking right now, and I'm like I want to hear what yes, kind of weird fucking shit they do. I'm nosy as fuck. I know. Say, did you? Okay. Did you so see? Oh that, my gosh! I, I saw something on this, Twitter. This just happened last fucking night. I had the window open in my bedroom. <gasps> Chuck's in the window because he loves hanging out there. Yeah. I hear somebody, ah, ah, and I was like, nope. I took Chuck out of the window, shut it, closed it. Screen down, so I know I'm like the one. closing Chuck's ears, <laughs> oh. putting your hands over his ears. <laughs> Don't listen, Chuck. Oh, not me. I'm like, no, I'm a nosy bitch, <laughs> nosy as fuck, like for sure. And like, did you guys see? I saw on Twitter somebody tweeted. They were like, so my friend sent me an XXX video, and I went oh. into the bathroom to watch it. She's like, I went in the bathroom to watch it, and I was like, there's something wrong with this video. I can't hear anything. So I kept turning the sound up, turning the sound up. I didn't realize that my phone was connected to the Bluetooth in the living room where all my family was. <laughs> Like honey. Oh no. my god. Oh my god. I would die. I mean, literally. Oh. I'm sorry. I would be like that woman, the woman on Reddit that someone put in our Facebook page who like she found her boyfriend cheating on her and she just up and fucking left yes. the city. Yeah. That would be me if my if my family like if that was my situation, I'd be like, Well, it was nice being part of your family. You'll never see me again. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. I'm now an episode of disappeared. wow oh my god speaking of things that disappeared in my belly we just got a bunch of fucking cookies that were bomb oh my god fuck dude okay so we were reached out to um a few weeks ago by maria and paul and they own mommy's bakery which is a bakery in raleigh north carolina yeah it's m a and they're yes m A-M-I, and you can get them like on social media at Mommy's Bakery, M-A-M-I-S Bakery, all one word. But she reached out and she was like, hey, I love your podcast. My husband and I just started this business, this bakery, and we like to listen to your podcast together while we bake. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. That's so, and so cool. she was like, we would love to send you some cookies. Can I send you some cookies? And I was like, hell, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we like cookies. The answer to that question, by the way, is always yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You got cookies. I'll eat them. And if there's so poison in them, you've put poisoned six people because we ate those motherfuckers like. Yeah, we sure did. Don't give them ideas, Cassie. I know. (laughs) Jesus. Cut that. Cut that, Christina. Cut that out. (laughs) No, we we fucking destroyed those cookies. And they are thick, too. They thick with two C's. Mm -hmm. Two C's. So I had the granddaddy, which was a purple sugar cookie that had sprinkles on top. And it had... 
um, like fruity pebbles in the center. Mm. So fucking bomb. And then the crownie, which let me tell you, I've never had such a thick cookie in my whole fucking life. It was like five inches tall. I'm mm. not exaggerating. And it be, and it was that tall because it was like a chocolate chip cookie that had a brownie in oh, the middle, like a brownie ball God. in oh. the center. We ate the fuck out of these cookies, man. And But let me tell you, they are a meal like yeah. I actually split up eating the cookie between like two days because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I was like half a cookie is like two normal cookies they're mm-hmm. so good we had the lemon cheesecake one which like lemon bars are my favorite fucking thing in the entire world I I'm so glad love. that you got that one then oh my god it was like it had a lemon cheesecake like icing in the middle of it mm. and it was like so good and then we had a s'mores, which had marshmallow and a chocolate sauce. So it's almost like a molten I lava love a cookie. Oh, my God. It's like she nailed mm. it when sending us these cookies, too. Yeah. So I got the red velvet. First, I, I need to explain something. Keegan and Anthony came over to our house, dropped off these cookies. They came into our house and immediately before we got to do any of the heat in the oven, any of Chris, sorry, he coming into the bedroom eating of half of the red velvet one. I'm like, bro, those are for me. That's research. Yeah. Research. You're eating my research. You slap your hand. That red velvet, though. Oh, God. So it's red velvet on the outside. On the inside, it's that kind of like a cream cheese frosting filling. Mm. Oh, my God. It's so fucking good. Shut up. Dude, I could eat 30 of them. Also, if I bought 30 of them, it would last me 90 days because Chris ate half. Yes. And I the other one we got was Monster Mash. And it was, like you said, kind of almost a, uh, like cookie brownie. And then it had like chunks of like um, like Reese's Pieces. And oh, oh God, it was so God damn, good, dude. I fuck, man was I literally it's it was so good and they're so big Chris had half I had to cut my half into a like a quarter and I had a quarter one night and a quarter the next night oh my god it's fucking delicious yeah oh my god Mm. so if you are in like the North Carolina area if you are anywhere near Raleigh go check them out uh we will put an image of their of their bakery logo on our page when we put this episode up so that you guys can find that. Um, but thank you so much to Maria and Paul. It was so sweet. And I will say, again, this week, the last couple of weeks mm. have been really tough. And so clinging on to like anything that brings me joy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm just so grateful. Yeah. So question... They do. They do. I mean, they've sent us cookies, but they do ship everywhere in the U.S., right? Or do or are they north? I'm not sure. That's a really good question. But reach out to them on Instagram. DM them. I'm sure that they will respond if you have any questions. Oh, oh my God. So good. No regrets. Dude, it was period week this week, too. So, you know, I was all up in that cookie. It was so good. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Oh, speaking of other things that bring me joy, um, we have some new patrons. Yes. Which is awesome. So I want to give a big shout out and thank you to Caitlin Flopkins, who has been on our Facebook page. She's been a real one for a long time. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining us on Patreon. And then also Charlotte Simpson, newcomer. Hi. Welcome. We're so happy to have you. And then I do want to say because... 
Um, I just want to shout this out. We don't usually give people second shout outs when they up their pledge, but I feel like Lori Tremblay, she upped her pledge as soon as we were like, hey, we're donating 50% of our proceeds to Black Lives Matter. She upped her pledge. So I want to give her a special second shout out. Thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate all all the support. It means everything to us. And again, especially right now, I'm looking for the helpers. Yes. So thank yes. you. Yes, and yeah. this is my worst date. I'm Christina. Oh. I'm I'm Keegan. I'm Cassie. We did it. We usually are so good. I <laughs> almost talked over you. I'm so sorry. Um, I have one more thing I have to talk about before we get into Fuck, Mary Kill. And that is the dude, the fucking dude who fucking blew his arm off building a bomb for hot cheerleaders. Dude. Oh, honey. Oh, incel. <laughs> oh. Uh, Karma. That yes. is. What a bitch. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. I, I literally and his like mug shot too where it looks like it just happened because there's like yes. blood spatter on his face. his face that's what you get that's what you get when you have hate in your heart honestly yep. you have can't you got hate in your heart and blood on your face yep i love what you said cassie too where you were like i hope it's the hand he masturbates with <laughs> me too mm-hmm. <laughs> dude i you don't deserve to masturbate i no. am not if if my right hand blew off, I I'd be done because I cannot I cannot do it with the other no, hand. I, I can't do shit with my left hand. Right, it's like I don't. It's just a hanging appendage, really, at this point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have you guys ever spent any amount of like prolonged time trying to write with your left hand? Like I solidly for a period of time thought that I could make myself ambidextrous, and I tried writing with my left hand I was like you just have to do it a little bit every day and eventually you'll get good at it man let me tell you it never looked good nope. it never looked good no it's no. i just it just doesn't work it doesn't work that's i think i think it's the mostly it's people who are predominantly lefties who can be ambidextrous that's what i've found Probably because they were forced to like assimilate into like everything. Like there's that whole episode of The Simpsons because Flanders is left handed. And so he opens like a a whole left handed store in the mall (laughs) because he's just like you trying to use like right handed scissors in your left hand and stuff like that is hard. So I bet you. Yeah, I bet you it's more likely if you're left handed to learn to adapt the other way around. My daughter is uh, a lefty and she's definitely is like even as a like little little she would like uh, in no way were we training her to be anything other than what her dominant hand was Uh, but she naturally kind of became a little ambidextrous like some things she would do right handed some things she would do left handed but mostly predominantly left so it's funny to see. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, who do you guys want to fuck Mary Kill this week? Well, I'll say I did like Rachel Esquivel's um, yes. suggestion because it was originally posted in our group. <laughs> they were talking about Seth Rogen, who I feel like people sleep on Seth Rogen just period because I actually think that he's really cute Fucking and funny. Him. 
but they had posted that he was just responding to racists on his page uh, because he was like, Black Lives Matter. And anytime anyone said anything else, he would just be like, fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> Bye. Fuck off. Like, that was literally it. Like, it was like, all it was was like, fuck off. He's like, I'm not watching your movies anymore. He's like, fuck off. And that's it. And that's like <laughs> so all good. he was responding to people. And I kind of love that method. I think that mm. that's a very, you know, effective. Yeah, with the amount of fucking comments and shit like that that he does get. I mean, like, it, yeah, he didn't have to, like, try to explain or change that person. He's just like, yeah, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm done. So Rachel suggested that we do lovable potheads. And hers were Seth Rogen. Snoop Dogg. Ooh. Jonah Hill? No, who was the third one? Hold, please. Dave Matthews oh, would be a is. good one. Dave Matthews is a super... Oh, it was Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I low-key kind of have a crush on Woody Harrelson, if I'm honest. Dude, it's really weird. I actually thought about this because I watched Zombieland. Or no... Well, I did watch Zombieland semi-recently, but it was when I was watching Hunger Games and I was like having very confusing feelings because I'm just like objectively to me, he is not an attractive man, really. But but there's something, I don't know if it's something. confidence or like I, there's something about him that I'm just like not mad about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's attractive about his personality. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but this is yeah, tough. I think that those are good options. Ooh. So Woody Harrelson, Snoop Dogg. Oh, I know. Love and Seth Rogen. And Snoop Seth Rogen. Snoop Dogg makes me happy in so many different ways. Do I want to? Do Same. I want to get hyped? Like listening to his music. Do I want to learn He's how a to too bake? Mellow for me. With him and Martha Stewart. Do I want? I I gotta I gotta marry Snoop Dogg. I'm sorry. Like. He is a good husband and father and just seems like he's he so funny. He had a show on like he had a show on like E or TLC or some some channel where it was like a reality show and it did make me like love him because it was like him and his family and I was like, "Oh my god, Snoop Dogg is a soccer dad." Mm -hmm. <laughs> First of all, he just like drives his he's got like a minivan and he like drives his kids around to like soccer practice and he treats his wife like a fucking queen yep. and they've been together forever. Yep, I love it. So you it. know that's like they've it. been together forever and you know that he's like Loyal. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, I have to marry him. I just, I get that video of him listening to "Let It Go." I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, God damn, this is a really hard one. I know this is a really Can hard we one. Friend, honestly, like, how do you fucking kill one of these guys? I mean, oof. I mean, okay, if we're gonna friend, that changes my answers. I know. Do we agree? Well, you know what? The world has been too nasty. Let's be kind this okay. time. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. I'm done okay. with that. All right. All right. Then then here's what I'm going to do. I, too, am going to marry Snoop Dogg just because I think that 
it's he's hilarious Mm -hmm. and i just i fell in love with him when i watched that show uh and so for sure he's the type of dude who's like gonna get in the kitchen with you Mm -hmm. and like bake cookies with you and like do that stuff so i'm gonna go yes you're you're gonna do the same thing that i'm gonna do because you're gonna fuck woody harrelson aren't you i'm gonna fuck woody harrelson (laughs) i'm sorry there's something about him that makes me think he's got a monster dick yeah yeah, yeah, for I sure. I bet you that motherfucker sure. is thick, two C's, like yes. them cookies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and I bet you. I bet Mammy Bakery does. is so happy that we are comparing Woody Harrelson stick <laughs> to their cookies. Both of them, I want in my mouth. Please make a Woody Harrelson cookie. I need a Woody Harrelson cookie. Um, no, but like, I bet you he does freaky shit too. Yes. Like, there's just something where I'm like, I bet you it's fun. I bet it's fun. Like, I bet you it's super fun. So I'm gonna go with that. He's down for role play and going- stuff. Oh, for sure. Yes, he's down for innocent weird stuff. Yep, yep. Like nothing <laughs> yes. that's like 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 scary where you're like, whoa. But like. Mm-hmm. Weird stuff that's just weird enough for it to be fun. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, I'll try that. Favorite. I like that. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then I just think Seth Rogen would be the most fun friend ever. Yes. Like, he would be so much fucking fun. If we were doing Fuck, Mary Kill, I think my answer would be different because I just couldn't kill Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. Like, I just couldn't do it. But if we're doing Fuck, Mary Friend, have to. Seth Rogen is going to be a bomb ass friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Christina, that's what your friend is, too? Yep. Yep. All right. So, I'm going to switch it up, then, because I hard love Snoop Dogg. Here's the thing. And I've I've been riding on some Snoop shit for decades, right? Here's the thing. I love him. I can't imagine fucking him. He's kind of like... I don't know. Like, there's He's too skinny uh, for you. It's too. It's too close. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I. This is why I really push for friend because I want Snoop Dogg to be my friend so much. I feel like you he know. Would you be make a valid fucking amazing friend. You make a valid point because I can actually. I stand by my answers, yeah. but I can actually more easily imagine myself having sex with Seth Rogen mm-hmm. than having sex <laughs> yes. with Snoop Dogg. But I feel like the marriage part of the marriage to uh-huh. Snoop Dogg would be fucking great. Yeah. But to your point, Cassie, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I just, uh, maybe I'm, I, I I feel too close to the subject where I don't have those nostalgic feelings for like a, a Woody or a Seth. Like it just, it to me, it takes me back to being in like middle school and high school and like the idea, it's like, I, I don't want to go there. At any rate, the point is I love Snoop Dogg and I am, absolutely thrilled to be his friend um <laughs> yes how so fucking i'm right on board with you fucking woody mm. that's where it's at yeah that's that is i can't guarantee there won't be some lazy times but there are gonna be some crazy times too yep <laughs> yep amen and mm-hmm. seth a i get to like i he seems like truthfully the coolest he actually reminds me the most of Chris. So this is always what we I was actually to. gonna say that for sure. Which is which factored into my decision because Chris is a great friend and I'm like, so I know fucking Seth Rogan is gonna be fun yeah, dude, as yeah, fuck. There you go. He's gonna smoke a little weed with you. He's gonna, you know, he'll probably shroom with you a little bit too, for sure. Um and if shit gets twisted, he's there for you. He's got your back. 
And there is something about Seth Rogen's voice that I really like. Yes. He has like a funny, it's a funny voice, but I don't know. I like it. Yeah. I could long term be around that all the time for sure. For sure. Nice. Uh, I don't know. His, his laugh to me sometimes seems like a nervous tick. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I see what you mean by yeah, that, but I yeah, but he, he, he'd be fucking hilarious to hang around with. Yeah. Yeah. I want to have a friend night with Seth Rogen. I feel like, like that would be night. like so fun. Like a game night. Oh, yeah. We would have yes. so much fun. Oh my God. I want to play rummy. With Seth Rogen. Yeah. Well, you guys want to take five and come back with stories? Yeah. Yes. And we're back. All right. Kick us off with stories, Cassie. Okay. I'm going to kick us off with stories. And uh, because I have the crazy and love story. I'm which, so fucking excited. I really am. Wow. Woo. We. Wow. It's you guys already know what I'm doing. And so, yeah, mm, it's it's. Whew. All right. So we ready. Yeah. So my story um, came from Reddit and I um, I had a couple stories in the pipeline that I was thinking about sharing today. And I was like, I specifically picked this one because we are in um, we are in June, which is uh, gay rights and LGBTQ plus uh, pride Pride month. month. Thank you. Um, And I thought this was a a good story to share because uh, at any rate, here we go. So to start. I am a transgender woman. I'm single and I make my status as trans very clear on all of my dating profiles, except for plenty of fish because they consider that quote talking about sex and they will straight up ban you. Uh. So I state and said that I'm a huge proponent of trans rights. So this guy messages me. He lives about an hour away, kind of cute in a mildly creepy way. (laughs) Like something seems a little off about him, but people can't help how they look. So I give him a chance just like I would want. I discover he's a smoker, but he says he's trying hard to quit and only does it when he's stressed and upset. We have a nice conversation and finally he asks for my number and without thinking about it, I give him the number, but tell him I'm getting ready for an evening classes. So I'll be slow to respond. A few minutes go by and I get, hi, it's person's name from plenty of fish. Um, Now, usually I send a standard quick reply that says, hi, it's my name so just to be clear since my profile might be a little vague i am a transgender woman i know that's not everyone's cup of tea so i if you're not interested i completely understand about 20 percent of the time the guy isn't interested and gets rude and needs to be blocked and the other 80 percent is a split between immediate inappropriate questions and dick pics casual acceptance or dead silence but like i said i was getting ready to go to class so i hadn't uh sent the message yet A few minutes go by and I'm about to text him with my standard reply when I get another text. Who the fuck is my full dead name? Why is he paying your cell phone bill? Me. What? Where did you? Yeah. What? Where did you even get that information? Where'd you get that name? Him. Answer the question. Who is he? I'm honestly stunned at this point, and I realize none of your fucking business. Your fucking How about business that? At all. It doesn't matter who the fuck is paying for my shit. I don't know you. That's right. Oh my god, that's fucking right. I'm furious. I am honestly stunned at this point, and I realize he must have paid one of those shady websites that offer offer personal information for free. Well. I must know if you must know I'm transgender, and that used to be my name. 
I was about to tell you when you pulled that stunt. Please do us both a favor and lose my number. That's increasing or incredibly invasive. And I don't want to talk to you anymore. He says, do you still live at my address <gasps> at the time in my hometown? I'm coming to see you so we can talk about this in person. Me lying. No, I moved a few months ago and I'm getting ready to head out. Like I said, you need to leave me alone. Don't contact me again. Him. Since you have something to hide, I'm going to run a full background check on you. You lied to me and I don't appreciate that. Me. I'm sending <sighs> screenshots of this conversation, your POF profile, and your photos to two of my best friends at, who work in law enforcement in your town. And my ex-boyfriend, who I'm still on good terms with, with who works with local sheriff's office. Don't text me again. I didn't hear any. Dude. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> I didn't hear anything else from him for a few weeks. I made sure my doors and windows were locked and the aforementioned friend and ex would check up on me from time to time. Eventually, it just became one of those weird things that makes you laugh uneasily. And then one day, I thought I saw him at the local grocery store. Some some dark hair, thick glasses frames, and just a creepy guy staring at me, watching me as I shopped. I texted my ex about it, and as an upswing on things, my ex and I got back together in a casual sort of way, and he'd stayed some nights at my house a few times on and off. One night, when I was alone, though, I just kept getting to this weird feeling and smelling smoke. I lived in a little apartment complex uh, that was were three separate apartments that shared walls, but no plumbing or air duct ducts. I don't smoke, and I'm very sensitive to the smell thanks to asthma. The apartment had a wall unit AC, so I turned it off since it was apparently pulling air in from neighbors' guests who must have been chain smoking, I thought. I had an ASL video due the next morning, so I was up all night practicing and recording the video, signing the same story over and over again until it was almost a dance rather than a narration. A couple of times, I had to restart the video because my cat was going nuts. Finally, about 7 a.m., I had the video finished. Trust your animals. Mm, yep. Trust your animals. People like to say that cats won't do shit. Mm. But my cats would. My cats would be like, dude, something's wrong. Yep. Somebody's here. Mm -hmm. They'd be reactive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chuck would go crazy. Finally, around 7 a.m., I had the video finished and sent in and was ready for bed. So I double checked all the doors and windows were locked and set an alarm and go to sleep. I woke up and get ready for school and was running a bit late and had to hurry out the door. But I noticed something weird, but didn't have the time to stop and register it. Classes went smoothly. I got an A on my ASL video and I stopped for groceries on the way home from class. As I got home, I saw what had been bugging me. Each apartment had a small garden on, e on each side of the porch. Mine was nothing but gravel and pavers from the previous tenant who'd put them in. But it was tidy, except for a small for a pile of cigarette butts that looked like somebody had dumped their car ashtray in my garden. There was no other trash, just a, that pile right in front of my bedroom window. <gasps> oh my god, I got chills. I didn't think anything about it at first, and just got a broom and a dustpan and swept it up. As I'm doing it, my neighbor, an old man, comes out and asks me if my boyfriend ever got a hold of me. I ask him what he means. He tells me there was a young man waiting for me on my front porch off and on for a few hours last night and that he'd seen the guy around before and thought he was my boyfriend. I asked what he looked like, dark hair, thick glasses, chain smoking. 
I text the on again, off again, uh, X cops take statements and I give them screenshots. I've moved out of the state a few weeks later for unrelated reasons and have legally changed my name since with closed records. I don't give numbers, uh, guys, my number anymore. Ladies and my fellow queer family use a texting app until you get to know someone because for like $5 creeps can get everything from your number. Yep. Well, and here's, Here's the thing, too. Never underestimate the amount of free time a hateful person Mm -hmm. has Mm -hmm. because that shit has been appalling to me, especially in our current climate. You know, the amount of hateful ass shit that I am seeing constantly and I am literally like, who has the time? Hateful ass fucking bigoted people make the time mm-hmm. because it is a priority for them to be that way. So, yeah, never never underestimate that. That is so fucking scary. So scary. I hate that that happened to her. Um, and, you know, again, not to bring it down and make it super heavy, but the rate at which transgender women, specifically transgender women of color, are discriminated against or face sexual harassment or sexual violence um, is much, much, much higher than other groups of women. And again, not to kind of like plug my own work, but we are doing an episode that will be up by now of Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, our next episode. Um, So go find it where we will be talking specifically about violence and murders that occur uh, specifically to transgendered women of color. So... It's an important topic. Absolutely. Ugh. My God, that is so terrifying. So frightening. Ugh. But it's also it a good so point, furious. too. It's like, make sure that you're using texting apps. There's no reason to give somebody your number unless you are really secure. And and to me, that was like the big thing. Like, unless you're really secure with that person and you've decided, decided to start a relationship, texting apps is where it's at. Yeah. Keep it safe. Right, because, I mean, we've all done it. I mean, I've given my number to people just to get them to leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is highly dangerous, you know, and I think it's so important to call that out, like for everyone, men, women, whoever, if you don't know them, don't give them your phone number. It's too, again, we live in the information age. It's too easy to find shit on people. And that's very, very scary. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So back in my first year of college, I had downloaded Plenty of Fish. Just so I could get to know, uh, just so I could get a little bit more comfortable talking to people. And I had explicitly put down that I was just looking for friends and I was not interested in relationships. I talked with a few people here and there, nothing serious. But there was one guy in particular who, now that I'm looking back on it, was very aggressive in the way he was talking to me. He would message me all the time, try to get me to hang out with him, even though I said I wasn't comfortable meeting him just yet. I reiterated that I was only looking for friendship and was not into dating at the time. He said it was fine, and he just wanted to get to know me as friends. Okay, cool. Mm. One day, I'm sitting in a Starbucks waiting for my friend who is having a a blind date in the corner. She brought me along for safety, (laughs) which I love this. So her friend is on a date in the corner. She's sitting across the room sipping her coffee like, don't try anything, motherfucker. Mm -hmm. I love it. (laughs) 
And I get a message from this guy asking me what I'm doing. I tell him I'm sitting in a Starbucks while my friend is on her date doing homework, and he asks me where. I just vaguely told him the city I was in because I didn't know exactly where I, I was since she had driven me and I hadn't paid attention. <clears throat> and I hadn't paid attention. He responds with, okay, no problem. I'm confused and say, what do you mean? He leaves me on red and doesn't respond. Oh, God. Fast forward an hour later, and he sits down across <gasps> the table from me with a bag of Hershey's Kisses. No. Scared the absolute shit out of me. I look up, and I remember I couldn't even say anything because I was so confused and so uncomfortable. He proceeded to apologize for being late. He apparently had to stop at a few Starbucks to find the right one I was oh in. Oh, my God. What? what in the stalker episode is this? I know. Jesus. There's something very wrong with him that he would think like, oh, I need to apologize for being late. You weren't invited. <laughs> yeah. You're not late. What the fuck? <laughs> never. Would have been. Never. Would have been late. Never. And he had also apparently tried to burn me a mixtape but gave up and brought me an open bag of chocolate instead. Oh. <laughs> he really worked up an appetite going to all those different... Oh, my God. <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> um, I won't bore you with all the cringy details, but for the next hour, he tried to get me to talk about religion and politics and told me that his dad didn't care one way or the other if I was a different religion or political party. He would be fine with me marrying into the family anyways. Oh, my Whoa. God. Oh no, dude! Can we just? I know we've talked about this before, but like, can we officially cancel Plenty of Fish now? We've had enough stories from them, and then the fact that they don't like support like trans, we we've got to fucking put a stop to that, right? So clearly, I mean, I would say from our anecdotal evidence on this podcast. (laughs) Plenty of fish breeds creeps. Yeah. Yep. Stay away. <laughs> breeds creeps. Clearly. Not all people on Plenty of Fish. Hashtag. I get it. But still. <laughs> enough. Okay. Um, he also kept trying to touch my hand and asked me why I didn't wear any jewelry if I worked in a jewelry store. The final kicker was when he started singing very loudly in the Starbucks to the point that other people kept staring. And when I wouldn't sing with him, tried to get me to go to his car so I could sing for him. This isn't Stop. a karaoke bar, sir. It. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so bad bad i started packing up my school stuff and flagged my friend down in the middle of her date to tell her we needed to get the fuck out of there and he told me to delete my dating app that i was not using for dating and let him be the one for me (laughs) some other weird shit with this guy happened a little after this but this was the story of the weirdest and creepiest quote-unquote date i have ever ever been on even though i most definitely did not want oh to my be on god it. A wow. date. no no imagine somebody just showing up like again both of these stories are like so invasive like what wh- wh- i wouldn't do that to one of you no if you guys were like oh i'm just you know doing some work at starbucks 
I wouldn't drive around the city to come find you <laughs> no, if you wanted no. alone time. It's so strange. <laughs> and then to do that to a stranger. Oh, my God. Boundaries. Oh. Honestly. Oh. Jesus Christ. Uh, and then wh- for him to be like, my dad doesn't care. No. He'll welcome you into the family no. anyway. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, my. No, it's this freaking public singing. Oh, my God. Please stop. <laughs> and then... It's okay if you don't want to sing in public. Will you come to my car and sing no. for me? No. That's some scary Buffalo Bill yeah. shit right there. I absolutely want nothing to no. do with it. No. no. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I got my story from Reddit. It does not involve a stalker. But in the beginning of my senior year of high school, I dated this girl for about a month or so. I only met her mother once or twice, and she did not like me for obvious reasons. The girl was only dating me because she was a young, hormonal high school girl who wanted to get some action, and I only dated her because I was a young, hormonal high school boy who wanted to get some action. The first time I met her mother was at a date to a movie. We were not able to drive yet. Her mother said she didn't want to be breathing down our backs, and she would let us be by ourselves in the theater. So the girl and I stepped into the room and huzzah, it was completely empty. So without the worries of other people watching, 20 minutes of us sitting in the theater holding hands, she draws me in and we start making out. After a few minutes of that, she gets on my lap and I move my hands inside her shirt. We're going at it for some time. The only other people were two old folks sitting up front (gasps) who paid no attention to us in the back. Suddenly, oh, oh no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh no, I feel it. Oh no, <laughs> this is about to be the worst for like high school me. I know it. Oh, Suddenly, my girl stopped, whipped around in her seat, and stared intently, watching the movie frozen into place. Oh. <gasps> the mom is there. I looked behind us. Now, when her mother said she'd leave us to be alone, we took that to mean that she had left the theater. Oh, no. (laughs) What she meant was that she was actually just two rows behind us. No, 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 no. This would have been my fucking nightmare. (laughs) No. So there I am, turned around in my seat, staring dead on at the mother, one hand up her daughter's shirt, both tits clearly exposed, one hand touching her crotch as she was clearly grinding on mine through my jeans just 10 seconds before. Didn't say a word to her. She dropped me off. We broke up a week or so later as things just didn't seem to work out. (laughs) I could never. Again, again, we're talking about a situation where I'd be like, okay, well, mom, nice knowing you, but I'm just going to hit the road if you don't mind. (laughs) I would rather leave than have to deal with whatever uncomfortable conversation I'm going to have to have with you now. 15-year-old me would literally disintegrate. Honestly. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It would uh-huh. be like the uh-huh. end of one of those uh-huh. Marvel movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Turn to like ash. Exactly. <laughs> I oh. Yeah. I hate that. I I mean I don't I don't want to make out in front of my mom now, you know? Right? <laughs> like ever. Not not at 15. But when you're at like when you're 15 or however old they must have mm. been because they didn't have driver's license yet. Absolutely fucking not. Oh, God, no. 
Oh, Cassie, I am so ready for this journey. Okay. So here's the thing. I'm going to try real fucking hard to get through all this information at a steady pace, but I've been doing a week's worth of research and I have notes for days. So let me just start by telling everyone, you guys know, Mm -hmm. but I am doing the story of Chad and Lori Daybell and the missing children of JJ and Tylee. Now, I am so excited. I told you before we started that, I mean, I've read every article that I can find if it comes up in my news app, I, I read it. But hearing a comprehensive start to finish, what the fuck is it's so wild. exciting? It's layers. Did you guys ever? Did you listen to the Dateline or watch the Dateline mm-hmm. episode yes. on it? Oh, oh god. Okay, okay. well, Cassie's gonna all right. tell all about it. So here we go. So technically, there's two Dateline episodes. One was from February, and one was from May. Um, one was called "Where Are the Children," and one was called "What Happened to the Children." What happened to the children is the one from May that's the most recent. It has a little bit of extra information. I did a lot of research from Dateline, but I also got. I mean, where the news is coming from is the hometown paper, East Idaho News. And Eric Grossworth. I love a hometown crime reporter. The best. Like, that shit is the best. Oh my God, it's the best. I can't wait. And Nate Eaton are the heroes of the reporting on the story. There are thousands of articles. Well, okay. I'm hyperbole there but there's tons of articles on east idaho news from these two who have been extensively researching and and interviewing and all of it um so they've been doing extensive research and have been on the front lines of this entire story from the very beginning so it's november 26 2019 the rexburg police get a call from Kay and Larry Woodcock, asking for a welfare check on their grandson, JJ. They hadn't heard from him for nearly three months. And their last FaceTime encounter... These poor fucking people, man. Mm. Like, when you watch the Dateline or, like, anything about this, that shit is so fucking heartbreaking to watch these grandparents. Honestly. Especially when we had no idea what was what had happened to these kids. Like, oh, so awful. So... They hadn't heard from the, uh, from him for nearly three months, and their last FaceTime encounter with him was extremely odd. They said that they felt that the call was forced, scripted, as though they had he was being like kind of prompted off camera. They said that he would look away and kind of look like he was reading off of a script. It, it, it was all very bizarre. Lori's brother. Um, so, boop boop boop. Sorry. So the the police go do a welfare check. Lori's brother, Alex, is there. He's the one who answers the door. And when asked where JJ was, he said that he was in Louisiana visiting his grandparents. Well, clearly the police were not fooled by this and told him, uh, in fact, no, this is who called for the welfare check. Uh, They questioned Lori as well. Then uh, they had told the police the children were living in Arizona. Suspicious and after disproving their claims, the police came back the following day with a warrant and only to find that the couple, Lori and Chad, had fled. Mm. So this is really kind of the beginning of the news story for us, right? Right. Because this starts to be like where we are like, uh, you know, they're kind of coming open with this story a little bit. Like it's getting some steam, I guess. Um, So let's talk a little bit about Lori. Um, a lot of this information comes from a timeline that East Idaho News did, uh, which was very comprehensive and had a lot of information. Uh, 
So let's talk a little bit about Lori. In 2006, Lori weds Charles Vallow in Las Vegas. This is her fourth husband. Um, in 2012, Charles's sister, Kay Woodcox, uh, her son has uh, a child and they end up taking care of this child. His name is Joshua. The family calls him JJ. They have a very busy business and are just not capable of giving JJ the time he needs. He has special needs. He had been diagnosed autistic and really wasn't able to care for them in the way that they really felt that he needed. He needed more uh, more than they were really able to manage at the time. So Charles and Lori had made a decision that they wanted to adopt him. And uh, they did. And he joined their family, uh, their family at the time being Lori, uh, Charles, her new husband, Lori's daughter, Tylee, and uh, from a free Tylee Ryan from a previous marriage. Now, um, I also in the latest episode of the Dateline, apparently her uh, son was living with them as well at the time, um, only for I think for a brief amount of time. Charles and Lori were very successful. And well, Charles was really the successful one. Lori as well, kind of just kind of on the coattails of that and decided to live out their dream of moving to Hawaii. However, after only two years on Kauai, they decided it was best for Charles' business to return to Arizona. While in Hawaii, though, on Dateline, uh, they interview Lori's best friend, April. She recalls meeting Alex, Lori's brother, and a story that he shared about an assault against Lori's ex-husband, Joseph Ryan, who eventually ended up dying. So here's the thing. Now we have a little bit more um, context on that story as well too because according to Lori's son who um, when she was married to uh, Joseph Ryan apparently uh, he had sexually molested him and so that was part of the reason of them divorcing and her leaving that situation and taking her children away from that situation. So her son has come out and said that was the reason. And that was also apparently the reason that Alex had attacked Joseph Ryan. So there's a little bit more context to that story now than just kind of like a. Is that Tylee's father? Father. Okay. So. Um, he does. Uh, Joseph Ryan actually does also end up eventually dying of a heart attack in April of 2018. This is kind of where kind of the first death appears in our story timeline. Though the weird thing is, is that I guess none of these deaths would be suspicious if it hadn't been for its one family who seems to have or really one person, Lori Vallow, who seems to have multiple deaths stacking up behind her. Yeah. And. You can't get away with that shit anymore. It's not 1865. Not everybody's going to buy. That's just like, wow, that is one unlucky lady. Mm, right. Um, she shared uh, on Dateline, April did, that uh, she had maintained weekly contact with Lori and that February 2019, she was reached out to her by saying that she had been, she was back in Kauai and she was leaving Charles for good and could her entirely stay with her. So, during this time that that Lori had been away when they moved back to Arizona, a lot of shit had happened. Uh, apparently, the the marriage was falling apart. This was Lori's story, and when she moved, so she was just like, "I'm leaving him. I'm going back to Kauai." And her first contact, of course, was April. Uh, Lori had claimed that Charles had cheated and turned violent. 
um, April in her interview when she was talking, she was like, it just sounded very like off base. Like this is not his character. But of course, too, you don't know how people are. You never you know. know. That's right. Yeah. You don't know what's happening on the inside of any given relationship. So if it was my friend, I would give her the benefit of the doubt. Right. Yeah. For sure. Um, this wasn't the only bizarre claim, though. Uh, Lori had was sharing with her. She bragged about canceling a return flight, stealing his truck. She had removed all of his and JJ's clothes um, as he found out upon his return and had reportedly taken $35,000 from her, his business account. Now, and she's just sharing this information like bragging. it's no big deal. Bragging, bragging, oh, bragging about it. That's the thing. It's like it's one thing to be like, okay, I had to do what I had to do to get out of this situation, but she was like almost like joking. The way April explained it in the thing, it was like that she was bragging and and kind of like joking about like, ha ha ha. Do you see what I did to this fucker? So. Charles had shared with his sister Kay that Lori was claiming some very wild things um, that she quote that she was a God, a translated being, and she was quote there to save 144,000 people from the second coming of Christ on July 22nd of 2020. Um, so, Oh, well count it down. What would you guys do if I started telling you that shit? If I was like, I mean, just- I'm calling a friend meeting. Yeah. Sorry, Christina. Yeah. Yeah. We're calling a friend meeting. We're all getting together in like whatever, like a Panera banquet hall to have a conversation about what the fuck is happening with Christina and how to and how to move yeah. forward because yeah. not okay. Yeah. Something is very wrong. Especially if you had kids, dude. Oof. Yeah. It's it's and it sounds cultish. I mean, just the idea that you're suddenly like, hey, you guys, I'm an anointed being. I just want you to know. Um, that I am a god, uh, and that I am superior now. And <laughs> what exactly? According to her friend April, she had corrob- uh, corroborated the story, saying that she had continued and um, was sharing uh, uh, part of like this this group uh, preparing a people pod. So this is kind of like um, this podcast group that she belonged to and this like group of people who were preparing themselves for these end days on July 22nd. So this is not like just her suddenly kind of becoming manic. This is like her becoming part of an overall um, following. Oh my God. I hate it when people use podcasts for evil. <gasps> oh my I hate God, it. you guys. I'm like, hey, hey. <laughs> what is she's right? <laughs> A gr- Girl, I swear stop to you. It. I swear Both to you. Both of you, I swear to fucking I God. I was literally like, let's stop testing 2020 <laughs> here because like, I, I'm like, haha, that's weird. And then also side eye, like it's not July 22nd yet. So <laughs> I'm a little nervous. No, stop it. <laughs> that's when the aliens oh come. God, God damn it. I told you be nervous. <laughs> um, uh, that wasn't so when she continued to kind of tell her about this like new like facets of the Mormon religion that she's involved in, which is basically what they're kind of saying. This is obviously it's a fucking cult Um, that she April was one of the 144,000 ordained by God. And she was there to get her to take her to the promised land and, what a coincidence <laughs> so weird what are the chances seven Worldwide billion population people. of seven billion people and you're telling me that my bestie bt dubs is anointed yep. like mm-hmm. what are the fucking chances 
I think oh, there's probably I a can't. statistical number here that uh, I can't gather this quickly, but I'm bad at mathing, so I don't know. But I can tell you, it's not good. <laughs> it's it's lottery. It's a it's winning the lottery. Is what it mm-hmm. is. Um, she also said that Charles was dead and that there was a demon living inside of him. Uh, yes, let that sink okay. in. Okay, listen. Either Yikes. one of you come and tell me that your significant other has a demon living inside of them. Okay. <laughs> We're going to need to step in. No, no. He, Charles is actually dead. Charles is dead. And now a demon lives inside of his corpse, basically, is what she is telling people. She started that. It's like an invasion of the body snatchers situation. Uh, I guess. She stated that any day she would receive a call that he was dead. So. Did she have like Capgra? Like you guys have heard of like Capgra syndrome, right? Mm-mm. Okay, so Capgras syndrome, there's actually a good episode of Stuff You Should Know About It, but it's the syndrome where you legitimately no longer recognize your, like, people who are close to you. It's generally, like, parents, children, or spouses, Mm. um, where you see them, and they look like you're, you're like, no, it would be like me being like, no, you guys don't understand. I know it looks like Anthony, but I'm telling you it's not Anthony. It's oh, like your shit. brain is, it has an invasion of the body snatchers situation. And it can even happen with inanimate objects where you're like, I know that looks like my couch, but I know it's not my couch. Somebody like brought somebody that couch came in, in here. And, and changed it. Yeah. And so it often leads to like violence. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, that's a complete aside, but just but an interesting does, little factoid. It, and, and, and maybe because of the brainwashing, she did get maybe that's exactly kind of what was happening uh charles had told his sister Kay that Lori claimed that she was going to murder him and quote there will be uh oh and there will be angels there to dispose of his body this statement was so frightening that he added it to his actual divorce filing in February of 2009 yeah the filing also claims what would you do if the person you married started doing shit like this like you'd be like Dude. it would be so wild yeah. and terrifying oh oh my god also he in the claims uh he claims that his wife would kill him if he got in her way he had told so Lori basically told her if you get in the way of my mission that i am here to perform this duty i will kill you on July 11th, 2019 the chandler police arrived to a scene where alex cox had shot Alex Cox had shot and killed Charles Vallow. They had, so Lori in the meantime had now moved back to Chandler, Arizona and was staying in a place. Um, uh, the police were called to this. They arrived there on Dateline. They showed the police video footage of Lori arriving at the scene with Tylee. Um, so what had happened was, uh, so on the video though, let me go to that real quick. She jokes on the video about being new to the neighborhood and, oh, hi, neighbors. Like, she's kind of, like, laughing, like, joking about, like, oh, I'm new to the neighbor. I just moved here. Like, hi, neighbors. Ha, ha, ha. Like, it was wild. She had decided to leave the scene to drop JJ off at school, but was apparently there during the shooting. Her brother originally had said and claimed that she wasn't there when it happened. But when Lori got back, she's like, no, I was here. I saw what happened. It was self-defense. Um, a fight had broken up between uh, 
her and Charles. Charles had came to the house to pick up JJ to take him to school. He apparently, this was the story that Alex was sharing, that he went to his car, realized he didn't have his phone, went back inside and saw Lori was snooping on it, which caused him to get enraged. And they a big fight broke out that um, Tylee had gone to her bedroom, grabbed a baseball bat and was like, get away from your mom, put the bat out, said that he grabbed the bat and hit um, Alex in the head with it, which even the police were like, there was like not even a visible wound, really. Gonna say there should be evidence of that if that's a thing that happened. They said he had a small, like a small cut on the back of his head, like very small cut. And so it was, you know, but at the same time, you have three people, three parts of this party who are all corroborating the story who are like this was self-defense and tylee tylee is like a kid you know what would she lie you know so apparently also um, like what every article that i've read on this story has made me think what the fuck is the relationship between Lori and her brother it's fucking weird right oh it's real weird yes it is weird and like i remember listening to the dateline I think I listened to the one from February and the friend in Hawaii was like, I got such weird vibes from her brother because he like worshipped her yeah. and like did anything that she said. And I'm like that as someone who has three brothers, that's a very strange weird. sibling relationship. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's super bizarre. Um, and apparently that same afternoon after the police had left, Lori threw a pool party in their backyard. Neighbors had said like, oh, there there was a big pool party. There was, you know, riotous laughter. Like people were having fun. Um, the cops even said too, they were like on the way back to the home after their like um, interview with the police. Like they were like, oh, they were so weird. Like acting very like jovial, talking about where Tylee was going to go to college. Like, like nothing had happened. It was very bizarre. Like, like, what a mind fuck for Tylee. Like somebody, what a fucking life just ended like and somebody who presumably you were probably close to yeah like what a what a fucking but your mom is sitting here being like it's fine everything's okay enjoy the pool party yeah (laughs) so the following day she texts her stepson texts her stepsons to let them know that their father had passed can you fucking imagine um and the next, day, the next day, like she had a fucking pool party and was like, in oh, between the, the time that their dad died and she let them know. Yeah. By text. Not what a, a monster. Fucking phone call. Nothing. Just, oh, hey, FYI, your dad's dead. And and she had told them, too, that he had died of a heart attack. Well, so not even like the factual information. If this bitch is out here saying she was anointed by God, fuck her God. If that's the way mm. you behave. You know what I mean? Okay. Right, it's there's so much such a lack of empathy, like it's a stunning, stunning lack of empathy. It's Horrifying. absolutely wild. Also, within a few days of that, too, um, she finds out that Charles had well, she knew Charles had a one million dollar life insurance policy, and just days after her death, his death, Lori contacted the insurance the insurance company to file a claim, and was notified that she was no longer the beneficiary. That this had gone, um, that this had been. Uh, transferred over to 
Charles's sister Kay. So Kay even said in the thing, she was like, the last message I really got from Lori was a, a picture of the notification that the notary or the beneficiary had changed. And she was like, five children and no, uh, and the money goes to her brother. But she does explain too. She was like, her brother had contacted her and she said, please leave it to your children. And he's like, the children will likely fucking come to you. You're going to fucking have to take care of JJ. She doesn't love JJ. She doesn't want anything to do with JJ anymore. So, you're probably going to end up taking care of JJ and I want you to have this money because there there's a high possibility that JJ may never be able to be, you know, live a life of his own, Mm -hmm. you know, without some kind of support and help. So two months later, Lori packs up her kids. This is the end of August, 2019. She packs up the kids and moves the family, which also includes her niece, Melanie, to Rexburg, Idaho, to be near her podcast partner, Chad Daybell. So let me tell you quickly, just a little brief snippet about uh, Melanie. Okay. Uh, Melanie had left her husband, Brandon, in June when she joined uh, Lori uh, in this kind of religious doomsday belief system. It's a call. I'm just going to keep calling it a call. Yeah. Like, we, we, it's a call. Yeah. Um, Brandon says that he was shocked. He was like it came out of nowhere when she demanded the divorce as he had thought they were, had a really, really deep relationship. So it's kind of really just came out of nowhere. So uh, so let's dive into a little bit about Chad. Chad had met. <clears throat> sorry. Chad had met and subsequently married Tammy Daybell in the March of 2000. Or, I'm sorry. 1990. The couple live in Springville, Utah. They start a company called uh, Spring Creek Books Company, through which Chad publishes many of his own books. Uh, The couple has five children before uh, Chad has this kind of like weird paranormal experience that that he says changed his life. Once they were in California, he was in the ocean. He was hit by a wave where he claims it opened a window to the spiritual world. Many of his books were uh, aimed toward youth. At about kind of end times apocalypse and, and they're very apocalyptic in nature. And at, at that time, he also says he has an awakening in which he believes that he needs to move his entire family to a, a small town in Idaho outside of Rexburg in 2015. That is so weird. Yeah. Chad believed that Rexburg was where the chosen would ride out this apocalypse and welcome the second coming so he has decided now that because of this big wave that hit him and this kind of new spiritual awakening that he's going to be like, you know what? God is telling me to move our, our entire family to Idaho. Can you fucking imagine? I'd be like, mm, well, ask him to try again because yeah, no. <laughs> as much as I love potatoes. <laughs> and and you know I do. But Oh, I know you do. No. Um. I can't imagine Chris coming home and being like, so I've had a spiritual awakening. I'd be like, well, I hope you enjoy Idaho on your own, sir. Yep. Have fun. Double deuces. Yeah, That's the thing. I, I didn't have that spiritual awakening. And it's like, I'm, I'm all for like loving and supporting your, your partner, but you also got to love and support yourself. And like, if, 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 if Eric came to me with something like that, I'd give him a big hug and a kiss and be like, I support your journey, hun. Have fun. Hope, hope you find what exactly. you're looking for. <laughs> but mm. I'm going to stay here. <laughs> uh, Chad started 
becoming well known through these kind of prepper events. So prepper events were things that were um, were events that you know were a lot of these people who were involved in this. I am now again calling it a cult um, belief system that they were prepping for this end days. They were prepping to you know for these one hundred and forty four thousand. Listen, here's the other side of the story, real quick. I have to put in the fact that my sister lives in Rexburg, Idaho, so. You know, if you guys feel that we need to move to Rexburg for the, before July 22nd, <laughs> just let me know. We got some place to go. Place. I fucking love that that's the place, too. The entire that's fucking so universe, Rexburg, fucking Idaho, random. not to fucking shit on it or whatever. I've no, never but it's been. So random. But it's I've random. Been and it's small. And it's just a small like town like in the middle middle of idaho it's so weird. how would you even know it existed so this wave hit this dude and just like rexburg idaho like came into <laughs> his head that's we gotta get god up. told him christina you don't haven't you been god. listening jeez <laughs> uh, so again he's part of like this big prepper events he's he's really well known he's really kind of almost the leader of this this is where he meets Lori um in arizona on one of such uh, one of these uh events Lori became a common contributor on these shows including time uh time up Time to Warrior Up, which is the name of one of the podcasts that they had. It was called Time to Warrior Up. According to the timeline from East Idaho News, on September 3rd, 2019, JJ is enrolled in Kennedy Elementary. So they moved the kids. Everybody's moved up to Rexburg. (laughs) Um, He's enrolled into Kennedy Elementary. And by September 8th, the family visits uh, Yellowstone National Park. So... He's enrolled on the third. They decide to take a trip to Yellowstone. This is uh, the last time anyone sees any footage or anything that has Tylee in it at all. Because these are the last pictures taken of Tylee. Uh. So by September 23rd, this was JJ's last day in school. The principal says that Lori pulled him saying that she would start homeschooling him from now on. So then on October this is how quickly this happens. This is why I'm throwing this in because I feel like the timeline needs to kind of be explored in an order. And I think this really lays it out in the most, cause there's so much, right? There's so fucking much. Like, so just kind of hitting the bullet points. So this is September, 2019, you guys like, wow, that's not that fucking long ago. No. By October 2nd, brand, uh, Brandon, Melanie's husband calls Melanie. You remember who I told you about earlier, mm-hmm. which is Lori's, niece who is also part of this call she um her husband well ex-husband at the point called 911 saying shot uh and he's saying shot he got shot at getting out of his car he recognized the jeep as charles vallow's well at this point charles vallow is dead he's certain that the driver is alex cox and that melanie was certainly involved oh my god so that's the second on October 9th, Tammy Daybell calls the police. Tammy Daybell is now, again, Chad's wife. Mm-hmm. Tammy Daybell calls the police and reports on Facebook, quote, something really weird just happened. A guy wearing a ski mask was suddenly standing by the back of my car with a paintball gun. He shot at me several times. So here's the thing. She says it sounded like a paintball gun. 
what Brandon says is that he also thought he was getting shot at with a paintball gun, but it had to be a gun with a silencer and they found the bullets and the bullets had hit his car. So yeah, 10 days later, 10 days later, Tammy goes to sleep and never wakes up. She's in her forties and completely healthy. So this is entirely unexpected. Again, this many people, if this many people around you start dying, it is highly fucking suspicious. Not to say that it's impossible. Maybe you are just really unlucky and like the people around you tend to die. But generally, I'm like, maybe that's something you want to look into if people keep dying suspiciously who are who all have relationships Mm -hmm. or ties to one person. Generally, like if I'm the cops or like a detective or whatever, and I see something like that, I mean, fuck, I'm sitting here. I'm like, well, that's fucking suspicious. I'm going to want to look into that. This is two different states, right? So they don't have any clue and and they don't know anything about Lori and the connection to Chad Daybell. So when they get there, they see a bereaving, like crippled husband who is absolutely bereft that his wife is dead and have no reason to suspect because there's no one around him that's connected Mm, to being dead. That's right. Yeah, that's true. So so why would they even suspect anything? They're just like, wow, this is a really fucked up situation. Sorry, sir. We'll be on our way, right? So, but oddly enough, just 14 days later on November 5th, Chad and Lori are married in Hawaii. 14 days after. Shit's bold. It's real bold. That, you want to you hear bold? The, Wait till the, it gets to some of the good the shit. The optics on that are not good. It ain't good. They bad. Good. Right? Yeah. Right? I'm like, did you... Did you have to get married 14 days listen, later? Y'all couldn't like just move in and lay low for a year. Listen, everything seems at this point now, everything seems it's weird. Yeah. The optics aren't good. It's weird. And their wedding pictures are uncomfy when you understand like everything that's happened. Like them frolicking together mm. on the beach is like soups. Yeah. Creepy. Right. Well, and if this is all that had ever happened in the story, it may not have been weird, but everything gets so much worse. Back to November 26th, having no way of knowing. This is okay. So this is where I started the story. This is where we kind of started here in the story. So now I've given you kind of the background timeline up into this point. So now we're back to November 26th, having no way of knowing where Lori and JJ were. Kay, Charles's sister, was able to access her brother's emails and noted some Amazon deliveries being made to a Rexburg, Idaho address. She's like, wow. That must be where Lori is because my husband or my brother's dead and he isn't in Rexburg, Idaho. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she's like, this must be where she's at. Um, So let's kind of start a little kind of like dialogue about some of the lies about where Tylee and JJ were. First, they were told uh, they had told the police that JJ was with a friend in Arizona which they negated very quickly. Um, Tylee was, uh, they were telling people Tylee was at BYU in Idaho, easily negated. I think that that's another thing about this story that makes it so like appalling to people is just the, they were so bold in the way that they were like, they put no thought or effort into their lies. Like they were so easily proven false. Like that Casey Anthony shit. 
This was Sanny oh. the nanny, you know? And it's like, Jesus what? Yeah, where I'm just like, did you not think this through literally like two steps ahead? Yeah. No. Not <laughs> about at all. like how the, this would plan, out, like work out yeah, for you? Like you just thought everybody would be cool with your kids disappearing? Like nobody would. Yeah, they'd be like, fine. BYU, okay. Cool. We won't look into that any <laughs> <Right>. further. <laughs> um, uh, also, there were around town there were people being told by chad that Lori didn't even have any underage children uh there was also a story going around that tylee had died actually two years ago there was a conversation at one point with tylee's aunt that Lori worried about the doomsday so much that it may be better if they just drove off a cliff together that death may be just safer and better off moving to the other side avoiding these end days I will say that these people sound like people who have never watched a single episode of literally any ID investigation discovery TV show. Keep your shit consistent. It's like rule number one, pick a lie and stick to it. What the fuck are you doing? Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm not trying to give any of these fuckers any advice because just the story is so fucking infuriating. Well, they have all the advice, so if they're not taking it from all the true crime shows that already exist, then they're yeah, never going to, which is great. Good. Fine. Don't <laughs> listen to us. <laughs> um, Lori, actually, so Chad, apparently, as kind of almost the leader, uh, is kind of coming to be known as somebody who's able to judge judge people. That's how they knew that Charles actually had a demon in him is because, you know, Chad gave Lori the heads up like, hey. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, sure. So, Makes sense. Mm-hmm. You want to fuck his wife? So that exactly. guy has a demon I was going to say the same thing. Oh, my yeah, God. That tracks. But Lori, though, Convenient. Lori, though, also asked Chad to do a judge of her children in terms of the light and dark spirits. An email from Chad gives Tylee a rating of a 4.1 D. D meaning dark. Oh, my God. So he's saying... 4.1 out of 5 out of 10. What's the rating system? <laughs> I'm not familiar. Okay, now you're asking me too much. I don't know. <laughs> In the meantime, Alex, Lori's brother, was getting more involved with the sect as well and suddenly married out of nowhere to a fellow member of this, this sect, Zulema who Lori had claimed to her friend in April, her, her friend April, sorry, that she was had mystical powers and the ability to control the elements. So this bitch is Storm, apparently. It's um, <laughs> a lame-ass oh, Splenda fuck, version of X-Men. I swear to God. Oh God. <laughs> she, looks, she looks like a Splenda packet. Honestly, oh I don't know God. why. Lori like, does. She looks like fucking <laughs> Splenda. Ugh. Well, on December 12th, her son, and this is in Arizona, tw- December 12th, her son, Zalima's son, calls 911 to report that Alex was unconscious and was later, uh, w- when they got there, he was unconscious, he wasn't able to, he was in a bad shape. They took him to the hospital and he was later found deceased. Now there are three mysterious deaths and two missing children, all connected to Lori and Chad. The I mean, it's just a really tough. They're getting all the hard knocks, right? So also on December 12th, that same day, Lori and Chad moved to a townhome in Kauai. This is where Dateline actually tracks them down is in Kauai, which is fucking awesome to watch. <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. Everybody was like, where are they? Where are they? And Dateline was like, don't worry. We, <laughs> we got them. you, yeah. fam. <laughs> Dateline's like, we got a tip. We're here. Um, 
So do, 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 do. this is where um, I first picked up or really kind of heard about this story because on December 20th, the Rexburg police went public on their search for JJ and Tylee. So this is kind of when the story really starts to heat mm-hmm. up, right? Um at this time, there was so much speculation from many sides. No one had seen Tylee since the Yellowstone trip. So many, again, wondered if she had been killed there and dece- and disposed of in Yellowstone. Some of Lori's family suggested that they were in hiding, being protected from her ex's, quote, angry family. So the other thing that I listened to, which wasn't necessarily super helpful, but to give me kind of perspective on people before we know, because now we know what's going, what happened with JJ and Tylee, her pair, like her family, her family is like, no, she's a fucking amazing mother. Like she would never do this. Like, I don't understand. And they, they had actually moved to Rexburg because they were fleeing. They were frightened of Charles's family because of the way that Charles died and they were getting threats and that's why they moved to Rexburg. So that's, that's like kind of their quote side of the story. Gee, I wonder why Charles family was maybe a little upset by the way that situation was handled. You literally danced on his grave by having a fucking pool party the night that he died. Oh yeah. They're not being unreasonable or insane. (laughs) It's yeah. And also if you're fucking crazy sister starts believing that the end of the world is happening in a few months, then why wouldn't you be concerned for her kids who are just like, even if she is an amazing mother, she really truly believes the end of the world is happening. Why would she's not in her right mind? Like it doesn't matter how good of a person the person was when they were well, because they're not well right now. So we can't use that argument of like, well, she's an amazing mother. She's a good person. It's like that may be true of her when she is well, but clearly something is Mm -hmm. wrong right now. Right. Right. Obviously, there's something. Yeah. (laughs) You're not who you used to be. Yeah. Mm. Excuse me. Some also thought they were in hiding. So some people were thinking, well, maybe she just put the children in hiding because um, they're waiting for this apocalypse. And so they are, you know, just keeping them out of harm's way at this point. So local authorities and FBI executed a search warrant at their home, though, on January 3rd. So this is like, they're like, wait, nobody, what is happening? What's going on right now? 43 items are recovered from uh, from the home, including uh, computers and cell phones. All right. So now when going through the evidence on the recovered computers, someone had purchased wedding bands shipped to Charles Vallow in Rexford, Rexburg, Idaho after Charles's death and 17 days before Tammy's death. The pictures of them on the beach in Hawaii of Lori and Chad at their wedding shows them wearing these rings that were purchased 17 days before Tammy's death. What the fuck? I mean, it doesn't look good. It ain't good. <laughs> uh, so this is the other side of this too is because at, at some point they are the FBI have now reopened that case and are going or have exhumed now Tammy's body to do testing to see and that that, that testing is still I think still undetermined at this point they're hoping that 
her bombed body may show some signs of poisoning or whatever may have happened, but they definitely believe now that there is truly foul play involved. Yeah. The families of Chad and Lori are pleading with them to produce the children and, and just end this, you know, like, Hey, just bring the kids out, show everybody that they're safe. This can all be fucking over with. Right? Yeah. From the very first article I read, I was like in my bones, those children are, here anymore you know absolutely 100 percent. yeah well i mean again like everything about the way that they handled the situation all the different stories they told like there it didn't feel like there could have been another outcome the only other possible explanation is that the kids were like locked in a basement somewhere being like highly neglected either option is fucking horrific but i think that most people knew right from the jump that like these kids are gone yeah well on january 25th Lori is served with papers while she's in hawaii that she must bring so basically the police are like okay no but seriously bring them fucking forward or else and uh she's served that and she must bring jj and tylee to either the rexford uh rex sorry rexburg health and welfare office or to the police in five days by July 30th arrives and no Lori and no word on her missing children on February 14th. So we go from July 30th to February 14th. Dateline releases their episode and it is still six days later when she is finally arrested and held. I think that that is the thing that made people so fucking frustrated was it was like, she had a court order to produce these fucking mm-hmm. children and she didn't produce them. Why the fuck wasn't right. she arrested? Right. I don't understand. And true, I'm not a lawyer. I don't understand the law. Maybe there are some like intricacies here that I'm not understanding. But in my opinion, I'm like, I don't understand why there weren't further consequences. She had a court order to show up with these kids. She didn't. Why did nothing right. happen? I took, right. took a fucking Dateline episode to get her fucking ass arrested that's exactly right so she's finally arrested held on a five million dollar warrant she has been charged with two felony accounts and desertion of a non-support of a dependent child uh children sorry and um solicitation to commit a crime and contempt of court on March 5th is when she's extradited back to Idaho um which she's which is where she's still being held and so that kind of really was where it was and where it landed for so long is that we were now at this place where we we're just like, nobody knows what's going on. We're still looking for these missing kids. Uh, th- like I said, the FBI now has reopened an investigation um, as far as Tammy's death. And there's definitely suspicions. You know, the police were hoping to speak to Alex knowing that he was back in Arizona, but then now Alex is dead. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's like layers upon layers. The other wild thing that happened that I learned on the most recent episode on uh, Dateline was that Melanie had remarried very quickly with a guy she had met um, named Ian. Ian, completely unaware of this kind of like cult sect of that was going on and what was, you know, happening. Um, was actually brought in by the FBI to spy on her and get information as much information as they could. And he did. He fucking did. That's and, awesome. Yes. Yeah. So he's like, deuces bitches. <laughs> <laughs> this shit cray. Um, 
Yeah. So the the whole thing has been very bizarre. So what has happened now in the past week, what we have come to find is that the police executed their latest warrants. And instead of just lurking and searching within the house to find evidence to build this case, they actually went to a very specific spot in the backyard, which I actually found to be very interesting because it was around a fire pit. It was kind of like if you're looking at it from like up, it's if if you were looking at it straight down, it'd be the upper right hand corner of where this fire pit is kind of not right in the area where people would sit. It was a very specific fucking location, which makes me wonder. And this is complete speculation because there's no evidence of this. If Lori just kind of came out with it and told them no one has said that's what happened. No one has has said anything, but they came in with a warrant and dug in a specific location. And what they recovered were two bodies one of which what has already been confirmed is jj's and the other one is still yet to be confirmed but they're more certain that it is tiley and so chad daybell has now been finally arrested and being held now he's only being arrested and held on obstruction of justice kind of situation like it's not murder yet yet but basically they're like we're gonna hold you on what we can hold you on currently and then dig deeper into the exact you know, rem- you know what we found and how these children have died and your involvement mm-hmm. before we can charge them with murder, of course. But the other um, side of this is that they, uh, the bail for typical bail for something in this regard would only be like you know in the tens of thousands of dollars, maybe fifty thousand dollars for for uh, bail. And they've asked they asked the judge to put a million dollar bail cap on this, and they did. So the judge did uh, award a million dollar bail. Um, they did say too that if he was able to come up with this bail money, that he would have to wear a ankle monitor. That if he was released at all, a ankle ankle monitor at all times. Yeah, because their flight so. risks. You know, the last time they were served, they fucking deuced it. So yeah. Oh. What day did you say that was? July 22nd or whatever? Mm-hmm. Oh, what yes. You said July 22nd? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, TikTok, bitches. Let's see what happens on July 22nd. I, I, I find it so interesting whenever these, like, doomsdayers, like, are like, on this date, this thing is going to happen. Right. I love seeing, like, after that date passes, and it's just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> now what? Whoops. This fucking bitch killed her fucking kids and a whole bunch of innocent people on on this her husband crazy ass belief system that literally like i want to know what goes through this bitch's brain on july 23rd 2020 exactly Mm -hmm. exactly when you have to reckon which she probably won't you know because look people will do all kinds of mental gymnastics to justify their behavior so she probably won't have to come to a reckoning about like what she's done but on the off chance that she does what is that like how do you reconcile yourself I just want to the fact that you had a belief system that led you to murder your own children and your husband and it was bullshit and again immediately I'm in a place of like again complete speculation but I'm like how did they know exactly the specific spot to look at in that yard how did they know it's weird and it makes me wonder like i said is Lori like finally now is that she she's talking? away from him 
is she is she like now having an awareness and coming to terms with what the fuck has just happened and being like holy shit like now that she's away from him and we see that with like people all the time especially couples after they're arrested and separated will turn mm-hmm. on each other because they're outside of that like love bubble that mm-hmm. like love bombing that can happen that you know you can egg each other on when you're together in a relationship and then you get split up and especially if the other one hasn't gotten arrested yeah. that can lead to a lot of yep. like bitterness where you're like I'm sitting here in fucking yeah, jail and, all the, and for the, they'll like skip a phone call or something like that and you know the other person's like okay motherfucker that's when you know you're fucked yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes exactly yeah oh Ooh, so, so good wow Thanks, Cassie. That's, it's so fucking intense. Yeah, it really is. There's like a billion layers to it. Like, honestly, and it just kept getting weirder and weirder and weirder. Yeah, oh, man, man, for sure. It'll be interesting to see. I'm sure Dateline will come out with a new episode. Ugh, I love Dateline. I do, too. I l- honestly. I love that Anthony's, like, obsessed with the podcast now. <laughs> and that's oh, all yeah. he listens to. Oh, my God. It's literally all he listens to. <laughs> Almost to a def- like an offensive <laughs> degree because I'm like I have two podcasts. Wow, yeah. and all you do is listen to Dateline twenty four seven. So funny. <laughs> like the yesterday he had the day off and he was cleaning the apartment while I was working. Like I was working and Anthony was sweeping and he had his headphones in and he was right next to me and he was just like fuck you and I was like what. <laughs> And he didn't hear me. And then like 20 minutes later, he was like over in the kitchen and he was like, fuck this bitch. And I was like, what are you talking about? To the point I like went over and like took his headphones out. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, my gosh, am I saying that stuff out loud? I'm listening to Dateline. (laughs) I was like, yes, you are. (laughs) But also Mm -hmm. I can relate. Um, Oh, okay, so. I wanted to bring this up before we talk about what we've been watching because I know that there was a somewhat consistent theme of me talking about like things to watch on YouTube uh, since we've been in the choir. And I did want to bring up that YouTube has a Black Lives Matter playlist. They have a bunch mm-hmm. of um, if you don't have the money to actually donate to Black Lives Matter or donate to different organizations right now, uh, there are lots of people on YouTube, whether it be like beauty influencers or music that's streaming, that if you just let these videos play, the money that comes from the ads from these videos are being donated to different organizations uh, that are associated with the movement. So if that's something that you are interested in that you're like I don't have the extra cash right now to actually donate this is an easy way for you to you know kind of engage so I just wanted to point that out really quickly yeah great I there's a there's a Black Lives Matter um uh playlist on on Spotify too it's it's fire oh my gosh I was listening to it all day yesterday it is amazing it's so good FBT is is my song on there. I I fucking bumped that like seven <laughs> times in a row. I'm like, I love that. Love that song. Amazing. Uh, so what have you guys been watching? Well, I just started rewatching. Sorry, Christina. I just started rewatching uh, Brothers and Sisters literally just like a couple nights ago because I was just like, I need something that is. Uh, I need some something. Something that isn't me looking at Facebook and anything. I just wanted like a little escapism. And I'm like, I always loved that show. So I started watching that. And then I was like, I just, I've 
didn't really remember much about it except that I just loved it. So it's uh, it's been a fun little journey back in time. Yeah, I know. I'm so sorry, Christina. Like both both Cassie and I are like, um, <laughs> I, I know that like there's a certain amount of like guilt that I feel whenever I'm watching or engaging in anything that's not about this what's happening right now it makes me feel like guilty Mm -hmm. however like we said earlier you have to take care of your mental health and to that um point i started watching the new season of queer yes yes that's what i was going to say oh my god dude i've introduced oh man necessary he's like he's in love with jonathan now i've lost i've lost my boyfriend jonathan anthony keeps Anthony keeps asking, I mean, acting like he's resistant to watching Queer Eye. But anytime he's like in the room and we're in the middle of the episode, he's like, God damn it. And I'm like, I know. It it's is. amazing. <laughs> so if you need your faith in humanity restored, um, go watch Queer Eye. Always a good a good watch. And then also last night, Anthony and I watched Lovebirds. Oh! <gasps> With with Le- with Issa Rae and Kamel Nanjiani, it's, so it's on Netflix. Oh my god, it's I thought it was so funny. It's a really good like twenty first century romantic mm-hmm. comedy, and I feel like we don't have a lot of those anymore that like fit with our like humor and like the comedy um, that exists now that people really I- enjoy. Yeah. And this one does a great fucking job, and Issa Rae is. I love her. So cute. Oh, yeah. oh my God. It's Amazing. so good. So that was mine a couple weeks ago. So if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. But that it was so good to see like, hi, people. We can have people of color be the main role. Hi. And just be people yeah. where it's, it's not, not something that's like Part of that has not to a character be. trait. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a save the last dance yeah. situation yes. where it's the entire plot of the sh- the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I also um, am almost done with the second season of The Sinner. And can I say, speaking of like <gasps> old dudes that I have a thing for, there's mm. something about Bill Pullman. We, mm-hmm. we talked about that on this show like a year ago whenever oh, I was watching it right. because I was like why is Bill Pullman like weird grandpa yeah, hot yeah. I am in- having complicated <laughs> feelings yeah he's a gilf <laughs> for sure a gilf I hate it I don't want to ever say that again it's true you haven't seen Dude. it Cassie you have to watch it so you understand yeah. I'm having really uncomfortable and this, feelings this second season <laughs> holy shit I know I'm I'm trying to catch up because I want to watch the the third season and it's it's on Hulu, but um but yeah this second season's even better than the first season. Mm, they're so good and the, yeah the third season is out now and I haven't started it yet but yeah the sinner if you're just look it's not going to make you feel amazing <laughs> but if you're just looking for something to binge that has like lots of episodes that's a really good piece of content. The mm. Sinner's a great Ooh, show. Scopy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and second season is all culty. Yeah. Speaking of Cassie, cult. Cassie, if yeah. uh, <laughs> since we were just talking about oh, cult. Shit. Yeah. It's good. It's really good. Well, if you've got show recommendations, uh crazy and love suggestions, or just have some extra time and you want to write out that first date, I want to shout out the freaking hundred people that commented on the the five word first dates. It, Yes. I want those stories because I'm fucking intrigued. Yes. 
Send. I see you. I see you. Send them to our one-stop shop of a website. It's myworstdatepodcast.com. Um, stay out there. Stay fighting. Stay motivated. And thank you guys so much for listening. Cheers. Cheers. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.